It's the podcast with a collective 12 inches of fun, inspired incompetence. How's everybody doing? Yeah, nice intro. Thank you. <laughs> the The really crazy part is eight of those inches comes from one of us. <laughs> Which one of us doesn't belong here? <laughs> so, kind of shook things up last week and ended on a cliffhanger. Us? No. I know, I know. Uh, kind of shook all the blood out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> like a towel. You've heard of Bone Shaker? Welcome to Blood Shaker. <laughs> so you had all just finished fighting for your lives, despite getting a whole level stronger. You woke up to an extremely tough combat. What? Where's everybody at with hit points? Let's just... Uh... I'm sitting at 17 out of 18, but that's... Factoring in three con oh. damage. Sure. What's Vipera at? Better than Thelias. <laughs> I'm saving not, him yeah, for ass. Not by much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm at a. I'm 11 out of 15 on this. Uh, okay. I, know I took that two con damage. All right. And Thelias. Yeah, I got one HP, dog. All right. So, uh, you just finished fighting off that Kaicheric, that horrible blood-sucking scavenger. And you heard a, a voice coming from somewhere. And it said, Oh, isn't this a meeting of obvious fortuitousness? You hear a flutter of wings coming from the, the northern window, Rogyar. And the, the flutter carries down and out of the door on the southern side of the building. And from, from outside the building to the south, uh, you hear the same voice again. And it's a bit muffled. It says... We we mean you no harm, despite the strange harmaments you seem to have already suffered. Come on out, and we can uh, have a uh, discussion, man. I'd like to sense motive on that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a that sense motive, like dog. A, yeah, go for it. Agreed. I'm so bad at these. Rogiar got a twenty. Uhtred got a ten. Crow got a twenty-seven. Ooh. Athelias uh, got a thirteen. Uh, Viper got a nine. So none of you are sensing any. Uh, deceit. Uh, Rogyar and Father Crow, you especially have a a feeling of truth behind uh, the words of this stranger. Alright. I want to, you know, just step up to the, was it the eastern window here? And just kind of look outside. Because he mentioned, we mean you no harm, so I'm looking to see, like, are we surrounded or what's going on here? Sure. Uh, you don't see anybody. You're pretty sure whoever is speaking is out in front of the building, like straight to the south, so you wouldn't be able to see them from the eastern window. Father Crow's right by that door, so I'll go check out the southern door. Okay. While he does that, I'll start making my way over to the ladder to climb down. Uh, Vipira goes along with Father Crow. So Father Crow and Vipira peek out the southern door, and you each see two creatures... The larger of the two, a looming black skeleton wrapped in the wings of a giant black raven and a vulture-like beak of polished ceramic, gazes balefully from where its skull should be. A wickedly curved scythe appears in its elongated fingers, and perched awkwardly on its shoulder, 
A strange songbird stares with a glint of intellect in its empty eyes. A stylish plaster mask conceals its face while two pairs of wings ruffle over its body's somber shades. Is it anything I recognize? Can give me a knowledge planes check. 16. Okay. Uh, You recognize both creatures as psychopomps. You aren't sure what type of psychopomp the larger one is. But the songbird is a Nosoi psychopomp. Uh, you can ask one question about it. I'd like to know an interesting power it has, like a supernatural ability. Oh, sure. Nosoi's are well known for their haunting melody. A Nosoi's song has the power to grip the spirits of those that hear it. All living and undead creatures within a 60-foot spread must make a will save or be fascinated. A creature that successfully saves is not subject to that Nosoi song for 24 hours. This effect continues for as long as the Nosoi sings and for one round thereafter. That is very neat. Uh, so, as you're peeking out the door, the uh, the the bird kind of uh, gives its its legs like a little shuffle while it is standing on the the taller psychopomp's shoulder, and it cocks its head as it looks at you peering around the corner. It says, "Ah, here you are, and here we are." Hello. Uh, and then I turn back to the uh, rest of the group in the barn. It's uh, it's a psychopomp. I think two of them. And I'm going to step out. Oh, weren't those the things we needed to talk to? All right, I'm coming down. And I climbed on the ladder. Uh, immediately, Viper's like, are, are we dead? Well, I, I don't feel dead, but... The songbird psychopomp uh, says, well, uh, uh well, yes, this is the land of the dead, uh, but no, you aren't dead yourselves. Uh, you, you seem to be something of a special case. You seem a touch too uh, vitalitinous for this place. Uh, my, uh, sorry, my, my name is Umble, and my silent companion here is named Thoot. Hello, I'm Father Crow. Umble's feathers kind of ruffle in agreeance of that name. <laughs> Nice. I've got an in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when I when I come out of the uh, the stable and see them, I'm just gonna be, you know, very surprised because this is not what I was expecting. Just as soon as I step outside, like, ah, what is that? Umble uh, kind of peers at you all and it cocks his head to to the side. And he says, Ah, there is a wonderment. Your hearts have something lodged inside them. Something that's brought you here, but kept you from doing so in the uh, 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 orthodoximus fashion. I cannot help but ruminate. What has caused your strange condition? Well, that's all well and good, but is there any way you could help us get back? it, it, It feels like we shouldn't be here. Oh, I agree with that. That is as much a mysteriosity to us as it is to you, I assure you. The customary route is one of considerably more post-mortality than you seem to have. Uh, by now, I'm making my way outside. I was sort of uh, dead in a puddle, um, so a bit slow to sort of get into the yeah, action I'll, here. I stayed <laughs> back. Crawls out. <laughs> uh, I stayed back to kind of help Elias. So, like, if he's, you know, like I'll help him kind of get up and make his way to yeah. the door. That arm over the um, shoulder while like Elias yeah, yeah, yeah. limps out, type of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's a cool. So he shot. can like kind of put his weight on me more. Damn, how do you react to seeing these two when you when you're almost dead? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did hear uh, you're, you're not dead, and uh, 
This guy seems nice. He's got an interesting way of talking, which I He like, didn't try but... to immediately kill us, which is a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is These are literally the first creatures that have not immediately attacked you uh, when you first came upon them. That's definitely the thing about it. <laughs> I'm wondering why I like this guy so much. It's the not killing me part that I really am <laughs> sort of latching onto. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Vipira asks, um, do you know why I feel really fuzzy in the head? A couple of us have noticed this, and uh, it makes me really not want to be here. Oh, uh, with all certainty. The, the wait for for Rasma, her magisterial presence, is normally any number of centuries, but uh, given the uh, atypicality of your arrival, I expect the Lady of Graves will see you in just a scant tens of years. I can't wait decades. Did My son's waiting tens? for me. Your son? Uh, and at, at that moment, uh, the, the tall creature named Thut uh, taps Umble on his bird shoulder, Numble looks back and through kind of points back over a, over a hill. And doesn't actually speak, but they seem to have exchanged some sort of uh, understanding. Umble kind of dances back and forth on uh, Thute's shoulder and he says, Ah, Thute, now that is a brilliant idea. Uh, he turns back to you all and he says, y- You are from Rose Lost Coffer, uh, and, and they are from Rose Lost Coffer. Perhaps you can help us. If so, we can provide you with some very helpful information about wending you in a homely direction. Who is they? Oh, uh, and the bird kind of hangs his head. Some awful tragedy befell this Rose Lost Coffer. Everyone there died quite suddenly overnight. Well, what? Uh, what? Well, that uh, can't be. Everyone but just you, there. apparently. But in, in any case, the sum of the populatory has deposited here, dead or otherwise, their souls are milling about in that valley over there. Uh, as happens on such calamitous occasions, the inhabitants aren't quite ready to admit that they've died, despite their obvious uh, immortality. I can't believe this. Now, now, Thu and I, we are not psychopomps in the greatest esteem. One might say we are on our last chances around here. Uh, but because these souls have arrived in our territory, it's our duty to make them accept their mortality and move them along in a soulwardly way. But they took one look at us, called us monsters, and accosted us with homicidal intent. They wouldn't allow any uh, discussion men. Now, eventually, more powerful psychopomps will come along to settle this all out. But Thu and I will be in a terrible amount of trouble in light of this failing. And he kind of like puffs his, his chest out a little bit. He says, here is our uh, p- p- propositionality. If you convince these souls they've expired, as until the recent events of their passing that you somehow avoided, uh, you were among their kind, we can tell you about the dead roads. The roads from the boneyard to the mortal worlds, that is. Have we a deal? You haven't even convinced us that they're dead. How are we supposed to convince them? Yeah, I mean, we didn't die, so what What would make us believe that they did? Well, uh, be my guest. Uh, you can go see for yourselves and decide for yourselves, uh, but there, there, is, there is no denying. And uh, Does he point in a direction? Yeah, Thu kind of like turns to the side at this point and uh, kind of like gestures off uh, over that hill 
Um, can I touch your feathers? <laughs> uh, I beg your pardon, young young woman. Uh, Viper is kind of like she's seen a lot and she's just like at this point uh on the verge of breaking so she's just like i i just want to i just want to feel the feathers well um i suppose there's uh no harm so the the large psychopomp thoot comes stomping over to you and uh is like right in front of you and uh kind of holds his long skeletal arm out and Umble kind of hops down the the arm, so so he's right in front of you. Uhtred's gonna have no patience for this and start heading over to where he pointed while still helping brace the Lias. Uh, before before you go, I'm gonna Father Crow puts his hand up. Wait, they might be able to help. Um, our friend here has had a rather rough time of it, and it would be beneficial to our mission if he was more alive. Could you help us at all? Umble looks back at Thu and he kind of chuckles. He goes, <laughs> "Look at look at us, Thu. We're we're, we're uh, good old fashioned uh, quest givers now. Uh, I I, su- I suppose yeah, you you do look like uh, you are closer to the grave than than your than your friends." Uh, looking at Thalias and Uhtred, and Thu kind of reaches back in between two of its rib cages. And uh, pulls out uh, two magical scrolls and hands them out to you guys. Well, that's a neat trick. So I assume we need spellcrafts. Umble will explain that they're uh, two. They're scrolls of lesser restoration. Well, that helps me invite Pure. That really does jack shit for uh, Thalias, old boy. Well, Thalias has, I think, three uses of his lay on hands that he hasn't used yet. Yeah. So uh, before we you know, follow this guy's lead here and go off and leave this uh, leave this structure, at least some fortification. Uh, I'm going to toss myself some heals. Okay. Can I just do them like boom, boom, boom? Yeah. It's a swift action to use it on yourself. Uh, one at a time, like just in case you get like two sixes and you can save one. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you forgot who you were talking to. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking God. Are you serious? Three D six gets some five hit points. <laughs> wow! Holy wow. shit! One one three. That's rough. Of that's course. Real, that's real of bad. Course. <laughs> God damn. I mean, does anyone have Lester Restoration in their spellbook? And by that, it, I guess I would be addressing it to Thalias. I don't have a spellbook. Yeah, paladins actually aren't considered spellcasters until level four. All right. Well, then I have to use uh Use magic device check, right, to use that scroll. I might have some use for those. Well, if it's gonna get, uh, if it's gonna get the girl and the keeper back on their feet better, then do what you gotta do. We should get moving. I glare at you. Okay, gather round. I got a sixteen on my caster level. Okay, that's good for one. And now the second one, a nine. Still got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Each of each of those scrolls will heal one d four to a single ability score. Who wants it first? Uh, I I'll take uh, it. I guess. I was yeah. like, one's missing right. two, one's Uhtred. missing three. So. Oh, yes, gets four. oh nice, Uhtred. All right, Vapira. No, oh, okay. wow. <laughs> you should In roll Joe's. You only yeah. only got two scrolls. <laughs> oh, it's for the, the healing. Yeah. 
Should have rolled um, the D4s for Joe's D6s. <laughs> God, come on. <laughs> Seeing so, Father Crow manipulate those scrolls, Uhtred's definitely got to take note and even say, um, I see you have, wear many faces, Father. I travel much. It, it pays to keep my cards close to my chest. Sorry. You have nothing to apologize to. Your cards are your cards. And and then Uchard's going to start making his way over to where supposedly Rossler Coffer's dead. Now dead. Dead. How did that happen? That's a pretty significant bombshell that just got dropped on you Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uchard actually does not believe it. Like yeah, he, I'd like I'd, I'd call it denial or whatever, but he doesn't believe it. Yeah, Rogiar is definitely said, like in denial too, but like he's it, he's red, he's like definitely shuffling his feet. Like, hurry up, get the scroll shit done so we can get moving. I want to see if my son's alive. And, <laughs> and he said that everyone from the town died. What? That's what he said. Wow. All right, so you guys start making your way uh, over the hill towards the valley that uh, Umble indicated. Oh, I pet the psycho pump before I leave. And oh, okay. uh, <laughs> it burns to the touch. Make a fortitude save. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm is that is a great sentence though. I pet the psycho pump before I leave. <laughs> 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 it's one of those things where I feel like Vipira might be like one of those personalities where like she knows she might be one of the only humans who have done that and like she's just like yeah, like let me get that under my belt real quick. Yeah. I know it means absolutely nothing, yeah. but no, that's guys. A fair when bit. am I ever gonna get another chance to pet a psychopomp? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys start marching off towards that valley. Uhtred is definitely moving rather quickly, um, driven from fear and little guilt. Like, it's not Uchid's greatest fear that Rossler Coffer would get, like, annihilated, but it's definitely high up there on his list. He's yeah. devoted <laughs> his entire <laughs> life to protecting these people as a way of repenting. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, Rogar is definitely, like, rushing along, too. Like, yeah, every now and then. Like, a flat out run? Like, are you guys pumping it? Well, every now and then, say... you'll. <laughs> Every now and then, Rogar will like literally just leap forward like thirty feet, just and like wait for you guys to catch up, like hopping from foot to foot, and then he'll leap forward again and wait for you guys to catch up. Uhtred's not going to bust out to a run until he can actually see the people in the distance, but then that would invoke running. Okay, so you guys are all rushing towards what could be every soul from Roslar's coffer. Some of you are. Like power walking, some of you are straight up like wind jumping, and that's going to start a little flashback. Oh. One week earlier, a light snow flurry powders our vision of the town square of Roslar's coffer. We can see a large crowd of citizens gathered around, all wearing heavy cloaks. The citizens, all rosy-cheeked, look to a podium set up next to the fountain in the middle of the square. On the podium stands an older woman with dark hair, streaked with white. She wears a heavy cloak and a bright green scarf wrapped around her neck. You recognize Mayor Mulana Grive. As she looks around at her citizens, we see dozens of families. Men and women astride fidgeting children. 
young adults, some alone, some already paired with a spouse, and elderly folk, some still together with their life partner, others only half of the pair after their love perished. It's a happy crowd, if quite stoic, a people wrought by a harsh life, tempered to withstand hardships. Lady Grive smiles at the sea of red noses and powdered hoods, casually holding up a sheet of parchment. Last night, when I was writing this speech, it was supposed to begin with jubilation that the seasonal snows were past. The crowd chuckles at the irony fluttering from the sky. When I awoke this morning, I was reminded yet again that to survive out here, one must never be too attached to a single plan. We must be prepared. To punctuate her point, she crumples up the parchment, stores it in her cloak, and removes a new sheet. Her symbolism is met with more laughter and some cheers. It always feels like a reawakening when we gather here at the ebbing of winter's bite. And this year is no different. There are many here whom I haven't seen since we closed our town three months ago. Some have left us in that time, and will arrive at their final resting place as soon as the earth thaws. But we are not here to dwell upon somber truth's past. We learn from our past, but we do not linger there. We survive each winter because we brace for our future. A future we all know is never lavish or easy, but one that is fortifying and fulfilling. With each passing winter, we emerge stronger, both as a community and as individuals. The reopening of the town's gates is a symbol, both of renewed industry as our workers resume their labors, and of invigorated trade as we welcome travelers and traders back into our town. During the winter months, these lifelines would perish in the elements. Our way of life requires patience, knowing when to strike out and provide, and knowing when to withdraw and wait. That time to wait has ended. Captain Blake, I order you to open the gates. A strong-chinned half-orc steps forward, out of the gathering, his hood down to distinguish himself within the crowd. He hoists himself atop his horse and sends a sturdy salute to Mayor Grive. Yes, ma'am! Captain Blake rides north, with two accompanying guards, also on horseback, to erupting cheers from the crowd. Over the din of the hoots and hollers, Mayor Grive continues, The time to strike out has returned! Farmers, to your fields! Loggers, to the Fangwood! Fishermen, to the Torrendel! Go! Witness the opening of the gates, and bring happiness and prosperity to our town! As the mayor speaks, the crowd disperses, running up the northern end, following Captain Blake's ceremonial ride. The road splits, leading to the east and west gates. The three guards stop at the fork. Captain Blake turns to his entourage. Ride east and open the gate! Yes, sir! The two guards spur their horses east, even as Captain Blake turns and rides west. The following crowd likewise splits at the intersection, some going east, some going west, all cheering and laughing as they run to keep up with the trotting horses. We follow Captain Blake as he rides through the town, passing homes and shops. As we go further, the buildings slowly thin out until we reach the edge of town, where a hardy wooden gate stands closed across the road. Captain Blake waits a moment for the stragglers in the crowd to catch up. Then he hops off his horse 
and places a strong hand on the opening lever. By order of Mayor Grive, I open this gate for passage by citizen and outsider alike. And with tremendous applause, the gate's lock clunks open, and Blake swings the impressive ten-foot-wide door open. Citizens, I declare the dangers of winter past. With the bloom of spring, Roslaw's coffer is revived. Then the cheering of the reopening ceremony fades into haunting echoes. The crowd fades from our view like specters past, and the town begins to shift. The clean, cobblestone road fades to a dull gray. The leafless but strong oak trees flanking the road wither and droop, and a sturdy gate splinters and rots, the door swaying ever so slightly in some non-existent breeze, sending a creaking whine from its hinges into the air. And standing at that gate is Thalias, Father Crow, Rogyar, Vipira, and Uhtred. And you all find yourselves, after a short but fast hike, standing at what looks like a decrepit, weeping version of the Roslar's coffer that you know. Dang. Oh, what happened to the town? Like, and why is it here? It died. I shoot a glare at Father Crow. Stop saying that. I point out ahead. Look, we see people. Not at first. And the town is maybe a... It, it, it's not all here. If you were to map out uh, Roslar's Coffer and map out this location, it would probably be about a quarter of the size but this is Roslar's coffer, at least in spirit, no pun intended. But as you, as you walk deeper and deeper into the town, anybody who's lived at Roslar's coffer for a while will be walking through the street and be like, wait, I, like, we just skipped over like four houses that were supposed to be on the street. They're just not there. And neither is that stretch of street. Like, it's just a condensed version of the town. But as you get deeper and deeper into the town, you do start to hear voices and then slowly you start to see people walking along the streets and these people just you immediately recognize them as not of the living they're translucent though they walk on the street they walk with a smoothness that betrays their uh, solid forms as if walking is merely out of habit and they would um, otherwise be well, floating the, f- the first person that Uhtred knows by name, he he would go up to and start talking to. Yeah. And I immediately start looking for Dolrim. Who's that? I imagine you would head like to where the inn is, right? I would look through this crowd first, because uh, if this is the crowd, I imagine this is where most of the people that, that are here are going to be congregating. Oh, maybe, yeah. When we start coming up to the people, actually, Uhtred's going to just start yelling out, Captain Blake! Captain Blake! Mayor uh, Grive! The people you're approaching, uh, you can see that they're not like you're not like walking up to like a giant crowd of people like like the, you might the first That's people okay. that you come across might just be you know one or two people just kind of standing up against a house talking but there the, there's a there's a certain mood about them like they're uncomfortable like they're 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 gossiping something very serious and they they see you guys coming and uh, uh, you recognize Ernest and Vivian. Uh, a, lo- a local couple, and they they see you all coming, and they say, Uhtred, where have you been? Ernest, Vivian, what happened? Are you okay? Of, co- of 
Of course we're okay. What? Why wouldn't we be? Because you're in the boneyard. The, I was the, I was told that Rossler Coffer was no more. See, what are you talking about? Where do you think we are right now? The boneyard. I I. You're in the boneyard. What happened? Uhtred is uh much more panicked and flustered than his typical presence when he's you know patrolling the town. Yep. Uhtred, you might be scaring them. I'll start approaching Uhtred. I'm scared, father. I know, but remember what we need to do. I know what I need to do. I need to protect these people. It's what, what I've need always needed to do. Why are we in danger right now? What's going on? Uhtred, you're scaring me. Uhtred, <sighs> come with me, please. Do you start walking more towards the center or back the way we came? Uh, is there less people more towards the center? I mean, you're you're just like on a street right now, and you can you can kind of hear what might be a larger gathering coming from towards the the, the town square, uh, like around another corner, which is the direction you guys have been going in. As long as there isn't like another group of people who will hear what I'm about to say to Uhtred, I would start walking towards the center of town. Okay, then Uhtred would willingly go in that direction because, again, his goal is find his captain, find the mayor, figure out what's going on, what we have to do, so. Uhtred, I know that you're hurt right now, but our job isn't to scare them into realizing they're dead. We have to recognize that they're dead, and we have to let them know that they're dead so that we can get back. We need to figure out what happened, right? We can't do that by scaring them. They don't know they're dead yet. We have to let them know. Now you speak words of wisdom, Father. I just... I I need to find Captain Blake. That's what I need to do right now. And that's fine. We should talk to Captain Blake. But first, we do need to remember that we have to convince Captain Blake that they're no longer living. And then we have to figure out what happened. I know. I just... I can't believe they're gone. We, we were there just last night. I'm sorry. I I don't know what else to say. And I'll start walking. At this point, Uhtred would, uh, would be in lockstep and headed towards the town square with him. Okay. So, uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt that, but backing up just uh, a little bit, when Uhtred was kind of like... <laughs> Like had, like Ernest by the the shoulders, like shaking him, like you're in the boneyard. Um, so like Uhtred, or uh, so Ernest and Vivian were like getting like really concerned, like almost like panicky, even though they couldn't, they didn't really know what Uhtred was talking about. They don't know what the boneyard is. That like what does that mean? The cemetery, the cemetery south of here. Um, but the more and more he was shouting at them, the more panicky they got. Like. As if, like, subconsciously they do know there's something wrong. And Uhtred saying there's something wrong was kind of triggering that. And then Father Crow kind of guided Uhtred away. And they they both turned around. They were, like, watching Uhtred go, like, still kind of like, what's going on? And you might even see their their images kind of, like, like shaking a little bit and, and kind of, like, growing out of sync with itself. And once Uhtred gets, like, ten feet away from them, they just kind of, like, grow still and then turn back to face each other and continue their conversation like Uhtred had never been there. Creepy. Super creepy. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I would notice that. Yeah. That yeah, so uh, Father Crow and Uhtred probably wouldn't have, but I, I would bet that those two were in the front of the pack and that observation would have been for the rest of you guys. I imagine Rogar wasn't 
very far behind us. That's true. I mean, I Rogyar is like if if you if you two stop to talk for a bit, Rogyar He's kept going. going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he actually Rogyar is probably R- ahead of Rogar's us. Probably that. ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> we should run to catch up to him. Fair enough. I mean, he's powered by dad power right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wind, just gas. Okay, so you guys continue toward the town square. Uh, I'm not. I'm not heading towards the town square. So uh, just focus on me after. Ooh, where's Vipira okay. heading? So Vipira has split off from the group. Good thinking. <laughs> uh, the rest, the rest of you arrive at the town square, and uh, you see, you see several clusters of people. There's not like one large gathering, but the town seems very, very awake. It, it's, it's, it's very alert, and everybody's kind of like contained in their own little clusters and and speaking, almost gossiping, kind of like Ernest and Vivian were. Any any cluster you approach. Uh, Stops, stops speaking and, and turns to you and they say, Ah, Uhtred, uh, where have you been? That's not important, Leonard. Uh, h- how did you... And I kind of look over at um, Father Crow, replay that conversation we just had and say, Never mind. Could Leonard, could you tell me where Captain Blake or perhaps Mayor Grives is? Mayor, Mayor Grives has been shut in her office all morning trying to figure out what to do about those monsters that showed up. Uh, where were you for that? Wait, what monsters? Oh, well, like, one one of them was, like, this grim reaper-looking guy, and he had, like, big feathery wings and, a, and like, a jackal head. Then there was this uh, talking songbird with a with a plague doctor's mask, and they, they pointed at us, and they were like, you're dead, and we were like, uh-uh, and we, like, we threw stones at them, and they, they ran away, but they're going to be back, I think. Must have been the psycho pumps. And I say that more out loud, but not more to myself than, than to him. And then kind of re-engaging. Leonard, how, how long ago did this happen? How long since you've seen the cycle bumps? Oh, not, not long. They, they showed up just after, just after breakfast. Was anybody hurt when the monsters came? I don't think so. But if, if they were, they probably would have uh, been sent to Hilda's. All right, well, and uh, Uhtred's going to go to put a hand on Leonard's shoulder. Okay. Th- does that work? Does Can he do that? Yes. Uh, he, okay. is, he is solid okay. to you. That's all I need to know. Uhtred's going to put a hand on uh, Leonard's shoulder and say, Leonard, I'm sorry I wasn't here, but I promise you I'm going to f- go talk to Mayor Graves and I-, I will make this right for you and everyone else in Roslakoffa. Good. I'd, I'd expect nothing less from the Keeper of the Light. Er, upon Uhtred being called the Keeper, his hand on Leonard's shoulder actually kind of squeezes, almost like from that in- instinctual like tensing of, like, oh, I don't like something, kind of just squeezes a little bit too hard before he lets go. Okay. okay. And I would uh, I would start going to the mayor's house then. So let's let's pause real quick. So. Vipira's off doing something. Yeah. Uhtred is going to see the mayor, and I feel like Father Crow is pointedly sticking close to him. Yes. Uh, how about Thalias and Rogyar? Uh, Rogyar is just, like, looking through this crowd, looking for, you know, a dwarf, looking for his son. You see a, uh, several dwarves. All of them appear to be locals, though. You don't see your son anywhere. How about Thalias? 
Yeah, Thelias is uh, just taking it all in. He had a pretty recent run-in with death himself, and so now this whole town is dead. He's in like a, just like a daze, just like walking around, what the hell is going on? And uh, he'd slowly be making his way to the graveyard to see if that exists in this world. But other than that, he's just like, yeah, he's just like, dude, I don't know what, like, this is nuts. I, what do I do? Uh, so Rogyar, uh, when you when you don't see your son, you you do remember that the last time you saw him, he was heading to uh, Hilda's t- to find a a place to stay for the night. So are you going to go there or are you going to stay with Uhtred? I'm going to Hilda's to try and find my son because I figured Uhtred can take care of himself. I I you know I need to know where my son is. To I'm hoping he's not here, but. I need to make sure of that. Okay. All right, then let's stick with Uhtred and Father Crow for the moment. Okay, so you go to the town hall uh, where you know the mayor's office is, and uh, nobody stops you from going in there. I go to her office. All right. Uh, you open the door, and you see the mayor and Captain Blake. Uh, and they're both, they both have their, their backs to the door, and they're like kind of quietly discussing something. Uh, and they turn around, and they see you two. And Mayor Grive says, Ah, Uhtred. And Captain Blake says, Uhtred, why weren't you at your post this morning? We were accosted by monsters. I have no excuse, sir. I apologize. Well, get what ready. Happened? There there could be another attack. So we were attacked? Were there, was any, were there any casualties? Was anyone hurt? No, there are no casualties. Thank be the the people and, and guardsmen reacted quickly and we were able to scare the monsters off at that point I'm actually going to um, turn and look right at Father Crow kind of like that's not the answer I was hoping for sadly I wasn't expecting to see disappointment Uh, Mayor Grive is watching you Uhtred as you kind of share that look with Father Crow and she says Uhtred do you know something about what's going on here I think I might, Mayor, and I can assure you, you're going to like it as little as I do. She nods her head and uh, off and uh, offers you to take a seat. All right, I uh, I take a seat. Captain Blake uh, insists on standing, uh, and Mayor Grive uh, takes a seat behind her desk. Crow is going to remain standing as well. First off, this gentleman to my left is Father. Ethelbert Crow. To be honest with you, I don't know a lot about this man. In fact, I've known him for merely a day. But I'm sure you've all seen that he arrived not too long ago in Rossler Coffer. And, uh, well, as hard as this is to believe, yesterday I woke up inside of a tomb. When I arose, there was four other tombs, and out from them came members and visitors of Rossler Coffer, Father Crow being one of them. Do you care to guess what tomb I was in? She kind of like does that like get on with it motion with her hand. She says she says, "All right, all right, Uhtred. Uh, if if you if you have something important to say, I'd appreciate getting to the point because the town is all a, a tizzy right now and they expect action from me." Well, I believe we are in the Boneyard. Phrasma's Boneyard. We are no longer on the mortal plane, Mayor. Those two things you ran into, 
They're called psychopomps. They weren't attacking you, they were trying to tell you where you were and what happened. We ran into them as well. As you can see, they didn't harm us. Uhtred's burying the lead a little, but we think something terrible happened to Rossler's coffer, and it was destroyed. And those of you who are here seem to be no longer living. So the the mayor's remains quite calm and silent through your explanation. And when you're finished, she just kind of nods her head. She says, Unfortunately, I think you may be right. It is the only explanation that makes sense. And uh, Captain Blake kind of whips his head toward her and, What do you mean that makes sense? How does it make any sense that we're all suddenly uh, dead? Do I, and he like unsheaths his sword he says, and he says, Do I not brandish my sword as I stand before you? Could I do so if I was dead? And Mayor Grive says, I don't have an explanation for you, Captain. I am not very learned in the plains. But if that is the case... She just kind of like falls silent. She's kind of like at a loss. Would you like to meet the psychopomps? They could explain it better, I'm sure. Or answer your question so it's not just mediaries talking to you. Father's right. They know far more about this place than any of us. She says, I believe you, and that's good enough for me. Uh, I do not need to speak with these creatures. <sighs> it's all too easy, and she kind of like looks out the window, and you can see the like the glowering skull moon hanging in the sky through the window, and she's looking out the window, she's like, it is quite easy for people to ignore such obvious signs of their demise when it is staring them in the face. I myself chose to not see these signs for perhaps longer than I'm proud to admit, but once we shed that doubt, well, few are ready to meet their their own death. My only regret is that, well, I didn't meet my death. It came when I was unawares, but I will not move on until my town does. Uhtred... I would like you and your friend, Father Crow here, to help me get the town to see the truth. Uh, I, I fear bringing those psychopomps back here will only rile them up further. Instead, we must get a majority to see the truth, I, and I believe that will get the rest to uh, stop lying to themselves. There are two groups of people that I think you need to go to before we hold a town meeting and... You and I can all explain this together, in confidence, and I believe that will do the trick. There is a group outside of Jerry Tharmethian's tavern that have gotten quite riled up indeed. I, I fear they might resort to rioting and looting if their panic grows any further. I would like you to go and try to ebb that, that panic, that fear. Yes, but of course. And then there's the children. I would I would like for them to be told face to face and not amongst a crowd. Most of the children in Roslaw's coffer are currently they're all, all playing in the in the clearing to the north. If you can let them down easily, seeing the children accept their fate will be another great boon for us. 
convince those two groups that there is nothing to fear and that we must accept our fate and return to me and we can hold a town meeting and address the town at large. But of course, Mayor, I, I will stop at the children as soon as I talk to the cycle pumps. And I'll sort out the mess at Jerry's Tavern before I come back. Very good. And after that, well, uh, this is this is an awkward question, Uhtred, but you yourself don't appear to be dead. It's because Are I'm you? not, Mayor. No. Why? I'm not. I have no good answer for that. We're hoping to learn by helping out the psychopomps. You said that there are others, uh, more than just you and and Father Crow here. Yes, it's true. Master Stonebuckle was amongst us, and so was the Gravekeeper. I believe his name is Thelias, and Vipura, who I sure you do not know, but is somewhat of a child vigilante throughout the town. She means good, but sometimes her emotions run too hot. Captain Blake sheaths his sword, and he says, A Vipira! She must have been behind this. She's always up to no good. She must no, have been casting with something over her head. She's she's just a child. How would she send us to the boneyard? She's not evil. I've sent many men to the boneyard with a... And he draws his sword again. With a swing of my own sword. But I am not dead, Captain. How did she send me here? Why did she send herself with us? I've seen her bleed as recently as this morning. Nobody would willingly do that. <laughs> it was to horrible. Uh, she she is not behind this. I wouldn't willing to put my name on the line. He sheaths his sword again. I, I I'm only frustrated, Utrid, because I never had a chance to defend myself against whatever this was. If we were overrun by by orcs from Belkson, then. There, then there would have been a, an alarm raised. I would have rallied the the guard, and we would have we would have fought them off, or or died trying. Had I, I'm gonna stand if, up and kind of interrupt him a little bit. I know, Captain. I feel your pain. I wasn't even in the town when it happened. We're all frustrated. But as a wise man recently told me, we are charged with a higher purpose of not scaring these people and keeping her cool when they needed most. And I'll uh, kind of look over my shoulder to Father Crow. It's a gesture of like, mm-hmm, kudos to you. Let me see what the psychos pumps know. And we will do what we always do. We will strategize, form our plan, and execute it. Mayor Grive cuts in here and she says, yes, I believe you should do that, Utrid, and... With you and your friends being alive, and the rest of us not, it would seem that my time helping my town will end today. But you, I give my final orders to. Uhtred, I command you to find a way out of the boneyard and back to Roslar's coffer, and I order you to find out what did this to my town? Discover the cause of our deaths. Whatever it is, I highly doubt it was an orc raid or a landslide or some other common occurrence. 
in Last Wall, whatever did this, it is not anything I have ever heard of. You must find out what did it, and report your findings to the Knights of Ozum at Vigil, so that they might learn what happened to our town, and be prepared if it is still out there. You go with my orders, Captain Uhtred. I will fulfill my duty, even if I must die twice over for it. And Very I'll uh, kind of head bow. She, uh, she, she gives you a, a, a gracious nod in return. You get that to be that uh, you're excused. All right. So once we get, like, once Uhtred reaches the outside of the town hall, he needs to duck behind into, like, the alleyway next to it. And he is going to have, like, his hands on his knees and, like, sweating, and he will eventually just puke. Are you okay, Captain? <sighs> no. I always feared a day mm. would come when I would fail these people. I never thought that it would mean failing all of them at the same time. If you were there, you might as well just, you might just be dead like them. Do you think you could have stopped what happened on your own? Probably not, but at least I would have been there to try, instead of in some tomb. We can get out of here. We can try to figure out what happened. We might even be able to find a way to get that revenge you so desperately need. But to do that, we do have to get out of here. This isn't me rushing, please. I'll I'll crouch down next to him. Once again, your words held a lot of truth to them, and Uchid will straighten up like kind of wipe the puke on his face off a little bit and start making his way to the outskirts of town to uh talk to the psychopumps okay and nick take a hero point and let's cut to rogyar so after uh being nearby utrid and father crow uh for a brief interaction with vivian and her husband Rogiar quickly split off from the group after not being able to find his son and went to the last place he knew him to be at Hilda's. So you go, <clears throat> you go there and you see uh, Hilda's is like a bed and breakfast kind of inn. Um, Rogiar is not just going into Hilda's; he's making an entrance. Like when he, okay. like he, when he gets close, he's 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 panicking by the time he gets there. So when he gets close, he's going to literally blast the door open and rush in, just like just calling out like Dolrim, Dolrim, where are you, Dolrim? You don't hear your son, but but you see Hilda in the kitchen. She goes, "My goodness, Master Stonebuckle, uh, what what what, ha- what happened? Where's Dolrim? Have you seen him? Uh, I think he's up in his room. Is everything Before okay?" Before she says another word, I bound off up the stairs. Oh, fine, just leave me alone. Whatever. So you you go upstairs and you open the door to to the bedroom up there and you see a young dwarf uh with his back to you sitting on the bed. You recognize the back of your son. And he looks just like as translucent as everyone else in the town. Correct. Just throwing the door open and as soon as he see like recognizes Dolorim sitting on the bed, Rogar just like immediately falls to his knees, like just down on hands and knees. And, you know, if if anyone else was in the room, you just see his like his shoulders are just like racking with sobs that he's trying to hold back and he just he just can't. At the sound of Rogar's enter and entrance and collapse, uh Dolrin uh whirls around and he says, Oh, 
Hey, Dad. <laughs> what are you doing? You okay, Dad? What's the matter? You seem upset about something. You have no idea, my boy. I know. You're wise beyond your years, and I'm just a, I'm just a young pup. <laughs> come, come here, boy. Let me get a look at you. And Rogar kind of shakily stands up. He gets up and kind of cautiously approaches you. He looks kind of confused. He says, Dad, what, what's, what's wrong? You're kind of freaking me out. <laughs> you, sh- you should be freaked out, my boy. I don't, I don't know what happened last night. Or I guess the other night. Time is weird here, I think. But some, something happened and you're, you're dead. Dad, you should leave the joke into mom. You're no good at it. <laughs> like I, I, I like throw like both hands like on the sides of his head and like force him like look right at me. Like I've never been more serious about anything. I don't, I don't, I don't know what did this to you and to this town, but I'm sorry. Uh, he's so he's he's looking at you, and he kind of had a. A, a smirk on his face when he first started talking to you like you were joking and that smirk kind of fades away he says it, it it does feel kind of weird and everybody's acting kind of weird i they uh i'll bet they just can't accept it i couldn't accept it when i woke up god you wouldn't believe it i woke up in a coffin of all places <laughs> a coffin? Well, th- that's fitting. How come I didn't wake up in a coffin? Are you more dead than I am? <laughs> um, I guess. I mean, no. I'm somehow. I'm still alive. Those words, I... more than anything else you've said so far, kind of seems to really resonate with him. And you can see like actual fear in his eyes. He says, "What? How? How come?" I'm dead and you're not. I I I don't I don't know. I I wish I knew. I wish we could switch places. I don't I don't know how any of this is happening. What last night I I I went to get the to get this room and and you didn't come back. Yeah, I Why didn't when I I, I was I just brought the cart over to the guard station and there was some drunk guy in the alley who was giving me a hard time and and uh and Uhtred, the keeper you know the keeper he uh he came in and and drove him off helped me out and then you know i figured you were probably already asleep so we went and got some drinks at the tavern and the next thing i knew i'm waking up in a tomb and i don't know what happened no 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 you left me i went to get a room and you left me no and no, something I, happened I would to never, me. No. Why? Why weren't you here? I, I wish I could explain. I don't. I don't know what happened, my boy. Dolren looks down at his hands, and uh, and you look down. You see that he's got a uh, a a wooden carving in his hands. Uh, like in one hand he's got this wooden carving. The other hand he's got a carving knife, and it looks like a uh, some sort of bird. And he says, "I've been waiting for you to come back." And well, you're 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 back now, so <laughs> everything's gonna be okay now, right? <laughs> you're you're gonna you're gonna figure out what what to do, and and 
you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fix everything, right? <laughs> Rogar is just gonna look. He's gonna look up at uh, at Dolorim's face, and you can just see tears streaming down Rogar's cheeks as he tells his son, "Like, yes, my boy, I'm I'm gonna figure this out. We'll we'll figure something out." He he kind of Dolorim makes one last kind of like half-hearted chuckle, and his he can't quite keep his smile together this time, and he starts to to crack as well and he says i'm i'm scared dad i don't know what to do i hey. i'm i'm, I'm hey. dead and and i don't get to stay with 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 you and mom's not here and i i have to i have to do this by myself i don't never, know what to do never by yourself my boy remember what we always say Stone buckles stick together, always. Okay. I'm going to be here with you. We'll figure this out. Well, then then you should keep this. And he hands you the the wooden bird. And he says, that way, I, that way I can I can stay with you too. Rogyard takes it silently, like takes it almost like gently, like it's a real bird in his hand. And then after he takes it, he like clutches it to his chest. Like he's afraid he's going to drop it and, and lose it. And Rogyar and his son just embrace each other, and uh, we can just fade away from that scene. And Matt, take a hero point. Let's find out what alien Vipira is petting now. <laughs> <laughs> so Vipira, for the first time, is like walking down the street. Like hood is not up. She's not trying to cover up anything. She's not like she knows like the situation. She goes to Jerry's tavern, and she of so course you, goes to the bar. Well, hold on. So you you head to uh, Jerry's tavern, and uh, you actually see him as well as a large crowd of people uh, gathered outside of the tavern. Oh, and they're all kind of like they're all kind of like hooting and hollering, like they're they're at like a like a rally. They're just like getting pumped up to. Like, do something. Uh, and as you get closer, you see a ghostly man who bears a strong resemblance to Jerry. He has the same large, impressive beard, uh, but he has a short, broken nose. And he, he looks like he could be like a blood relative to Jerry. And, and, this, and this man, he looks more ghostly than, uh, than the, the residents of Roslar's Coffer. So as you get closer, you can hear him shouting. He says, that's right. I have come from beyond the grave to assure you fine folks that you are not dead. There is greater trickery afoot here. Those monsters want you to be confused, and when your guard is down, they'll return and take your lives for sure. But I assure you, greater heroics await you once this nefarious trickery has been resolved. And everyone's like, yeah! They can't trick us. We're alive. My heart's beating right now. I'm getting my, my my blood is pumping in my ears. I'm so fucking jacked up. I can't wait until those monsters get back here. We're going to beat the ever-living shit out of them. Everyone's just super super pumped and like bordering like hysteria like kind of like uh how the people in the mist how that one woman kind of gets everybody really fucking jacked up with all of her religious shit. And, like, they're ready to, to do anything that this person tells them 
will uh, make the problem go away. So I ignore kind of like the rest of the crowd, and I pull the man who looks like Jerry over. You you approach this man, and he he sees you coming, and he he points at you, and he says, "Ah, a newcomer. What say you of the of the of the horrible illusionary tactics that have befell this town?" And like he like he draws a whole bunch of attention to you, and then uh, so Jerry sees you, he says, "Vipira, where have you been?" Jerry, what what is all this? He says, "Oh, that's what we're trying to figure out." Uh, there's some some monsters came here earlier, and we scared them off. But man, this place just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? You... Like, ever since I woke up this morning, it it just it just feels it just feels off. And and Vipira, he kind of like like he kind of like forgot that this other guy is here, and he he goes, Vipira, uh, this this is Garrett. I've told you all about Garrett. Garrett Thomethian. He 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 came back from the dead to to help us. He says he's gonna he says he's gonna help us chase those monsters away. Isn't that great news, Vipira? Uh, Vipira kind of lowers her head. It it's really nice to meet you, Garrett. Jerry told me all about you and your past heroics. Garrett nods his head and he's he says it's. An honor to know that my heroics are still being told even so many generations past. And he kind of gives a, a beaming smile at Jerry, who returns it. It pains me that, of course, I would be the one to bestow this awful truth on all of you. Of course, you have the hero and you've all deemed me to be the villain, but I... I'm here to tell you that you see that skull in the sky? Not a single person looks at the skull in the sky. They just kind of like furrow their brows and kind of like look at each other like, I don't see a skull in the sky. Did any of you guys try to leave town? Well, we can't leave town now. Uh, We need to be ready for when those monsters come back. Yes, the monsters. Have any of you guys noticed that houses are missing? Many, many people in the crowd laugh, and they're like, what? I haven't noticed any parts of our town missing, and they're they're kind of looking around like, it's all here. What are you talking about, Vipira? And uh, Garrett Tharmethian, with, like, venom, like, kind of, like, lowers his, his, lowers a glare at you, and he says, yes, Vipira, what are you talking about? Your unsung hero, Jerry... This man, Garrett, you said that he was dead, right? Well, of, of course he, but he, but he returned from from beyond the grave to to help us, to inspire us, to to thwart this attack. And once once we do so, he'll, you know, his his work will be done. He'll be able to return to to the halls of uh, of his reward. And Garrett has not taken his glare away from you Vipira he is like he, he he's 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 like a wolf like staring at a fawn Jerry has anybody ever come back from the dead that you're aware of well none that I know personally Vipira but I'm just a a simple tavern owner I'm I'm sure I'm sure Garrett knows uh, of, of many instances where where spirits come and go he he was of course part of the shining crusade and you know i'm, I'm sure they 
had the power to bring to bring people back from the dead if uh, if their magics allowed it and their gods allowed it just like that that whispering tyrant uh, reanimated their bodies uh, there's uh, holy magic that can bring the spirits back into the bodies themselves it, he kind of like looks over at Garrett he's like Garrett help 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 me out here am, am I am I close am I am I on the right track uh, and without taking his eyes off of Viper, he says that's right Jerry we had lots of power in the Shining Crusade and we would use it to smite our enemies and reward those that were worthy Vipira immediately stares daggers back at Garrett Garrett if that is who you really are I would much rather see you as a seeker of truth than a person who wishes to spread lies and drag people away from where they're supposed to go. What do you know about truth, girl? The truth isn't real. Yes, you might know one version of the truth. Everybody knows one version of the truth, because if anybody knew the real truth, then they wouldn't understand. They just wouldn't understand. And so that's why we tell the real truth. We tell the right truth. Because it gets us by. But you wouldn't understand. And you better go back where you came from. Instead of coming over here and scaring all of these fine people. This is my one and only warning. I could care less where the rest of these people go. I care about Jerry. I care about Mary and Nigel. And that's all I care about. Understand that truth. I know all about the secondary truth. Spinning, lies, everything eventually comes back and bites you. You would know best, wouldn't you, Garrett? Give me an intimidate check. We'll do so. Oh, that's a 16. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hero point this. Plus four, 20. Very nice. So there's a lot there's a lot of moving pieces going on right now and I can't reveal my whole hand to you. But there's a lot going on right here that neither you Tom nor Vipira understands with what Garrett just was talking about and what Vipira just said to him with her intimidate check. <laughs> I love those times where, like, you have no idea, but you said something right. Well, you said, some, you said something right, <laughs> or you said something very wrong. Because I'm going to need an initiative check from Vipira. Oof. Yeah, Tom, you said it so right. Uh, a 14. So, uh, finally, uh, Garrett can't hold his composure anymore, and his body starts to make these really weird contorting twists and his his frame almost seems to be growing within him it's like it's like this like his frame is like trying to contain this well of power that is uh that's growing inside of him and you can just see it in these like uh these spasms of his body and he like starts running his hands through his hair and he's like you don't know you don't know i need you to not know and you get the impression that he is about to attack you but you uh. are going first in this combat <laughs> um 
can I real quick look around me to see if like anybody else is reacting to this or is this like uh, everybody's everybody's pretty shocked at seeing Garrett kind of like lose control like this nobody looks like they're about to jump in and no nobody's like screaming and running for it but everybody's very uh, concerned at watching this and they're just kind of like backing up and giving you guys space uh, all right I I'm gonna take a free action here and ye and yell out guards. I'm gonna give you one last one one last thing to roll on. Give me a wisdom check. Uh, that seems about right. Four. Okay, that's that then. Uh, but I would like perception checks from the rest of you. You know, Rogar got an eight. Rogar got a thirteen. Fourteen from Thelias. Rogar. You would probably hear through the window, like, like you said, like, for all we know, Rogyar is just in no position to, uh, to do anything. But Rogyar would distantly hear Vipira shout, "Guards!" Uhtred and Father Crow are closer to Vipira than Rogyar, so I, I think that Uhtred would uh, distantly hear Vipira shout for the guards as well. And Thelias is, I think, farthest away, but he got the highest on his perception check. Uh, so just really quick, let's go to Thelias. And you're, you're heading to the cemetery, and you get to the southern end of the town. Most of this has happened in and around the town square, in the center of town. Mm -hmm. um, and Thelias, by now, has made it to the southeastern end of the town where the cemetery is. Um, but when you arrive at the southeastern corner of town, the town just kind of ends there, and there's no cemetery. No cemetery, huh? Okay. So um, that's like a tick up on the rageometer. At this point, you would hear, coming back from the direction of the town square, uh, Vipira shouting for the guards. Oh, I'm coming. Okay. My, my parents were buried in that graveyard. I'm in funky dream town. Um... Tom is yelling out. I'm sorry, Vipira is yelling out. I'm I'm coming back. How about uh, Rogyar? Are you doing anything or are you staying with your son? Yeah, I got to think he would stay with his son. But So here's what we're going to do. I would like everybody to roll initiative. And everybody who's not immediately at the scene is essentially at initiative zero. And we're just rolling a tiebreaker for that. Okay, Rogyar. Uh, 18. Thelias. 8. Uhtred. 5. Father Crow. 19. Okay. So, Vipira, it is your turn. Vipira is going to uh, live by the claw, die by the claw. Um, <laughs> two claw strikes. Okay. Does a 19 hit the flat-footed? It sure does. That is going to be eight damage. That is combined with a uh, sneak attack. Okay. Okay. You slash into him. Dealing eight All points right. of damage. Uh, same thing. Here we go. Oh, oh, here we go. Roll. <laughs> uh, twenty-six. You, oh my for god, the crit. It's wait, a wait, green wait, wait. Crit. No, you need to roll another oh, twenty, dude. Oh my god, you're sitting on two in a row. You got a natural twenty and a natural twenty to confirm it. For everybody at home. Yes. Uh. I think I think quite a few tables have this house rule, but just in case you don't know of it, if you make a natural 20 on an attack roll, then that's a critical threat. You roll again to confirm it. And if the confirmation roll is a natural 20, our house rule says that you roll a third time 
And if that third roll is a natural 20, that's a triple 20, and you automatically kill the target. Oh, I'm sitting on two kill, 20s kill, right kill, now. Kill, this kill, is kill, so kill, much. Kill, come on, Tom. Kill, come on, do come on. it, Tom. Do it. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Not a natural 20, but that is still a confirmed critical hit. Matt, give us that crit card. All right. This one is called Ugly Wound. Uh, it does okay. normal damage, so non-crit damage, but it also does 1d3 charisma damage and one charisma drain, and a fortitude save negates the drain. Oh, that didn't do you any favors. No, it did not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, Sometimes so... the crit cards really fall, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, so what is, uh, what is the normal damage, Tom? Seven between the slashing and the sneak attack. And go ahead and roll a d3 for the charisma damage. Uh, two charisma. All right, and then one charisma drain. Yep, with a, you can roll a fortitude save to negate the drain. And it's going to be a DC 26 fortitude save. Yeah, he does not make that. So that's two more charisma damage and one charisma drain. Well, his charisma wasn't super high to begin with. Uh, so that has him at a very low charisma, if that's any consolation. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's convincing but it is, these people. I don't know. <laughs> but it is, He's not much of a hero. Yeah, yeah, but it is now Garrett's turn. And his his entire... So, so Vipira is like, slash, slash, and that second slash just goes like right across his face. And the resemblance between him and Jerry just kind of fades away slightly uh, from just how graphic that, that second slash is. And he just kind of like reels back. Rawr! And then his, his frame kind of contorts again. And this kind of like pulse of power kind of like comes from his chest and it like travels up into his shoulder and down his arm. And as it travels, he winds back. And with this gigantic forearm, he just comes down on Vipira with a wicked slam. And that's a 25 to hit. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you picked a fight with motherfucking Popeye. You take five damage, and here comes oh. another slam. And then 23 to hit. Yep, that hits. You only take two damage from that slam. Oh. So Uhtred and Father Crow. I assume when Uhtred hears Vipira shout for the guards, he would say, hey, that's Vipira, we should go help her. Uh, and if that's the case, it will still take the two of you a full round to get to Vipira at a run. And the Thalias, though, being across town, it's going to take you two full rounds. Okay. So with that, we're back to Vipira. How damaged does this dude look? Like, If you had another round like that, uh, you're pretty confident that you could potentially take him down. So she's going to go for it. Okay. Uh, another Holy crit. Uh, no 20, uh, 26 for the crit, and then 23 yeah. for the confirmation. That confirms. All right, Matt, oh let's God. get another crit card. I, if, I swear to God, it was more charisma damage. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't uh, you yeah, die from like, getting put zero at an ability? I think he would be comatose. But yeah, it's yeah, like so some catastrophe yeah. that I'm that's <laughs> that's dead basically. Um, yeah. yeah, so this is called missing ear. Oh my god! <laughs> By charisma, <laughs> is it normal damage? Normal damage. Oh, Jesus normal damage and one charisma drain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no way! <laughs> <laughs> no 
and he has and, and he's gonna get a minus four penalty on perception checks to listen until healed. Oh no. Here is coming. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. This is gonna be so bad for when friends arrive and try and defuse this. <laughs> Stop! Listen to me! Huh? Can't hear a fucking thing. And also there right. is no save. He just takes one charisma drain. Oh, there you go, Tom. He just automatically takes it. What's this oh dude's God. charisma score at? It's... Alright, well... I don't think anyone has a reliable way of dealing charisma damage, so I'll just go ahead and tell you that. Right now, his effective <laughs> charisma score is 5. Oh, my God. Gotta, gotta and I don't know down. what you're talking about. Tom's been dealing charisma damage this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, steadily. It's obviously what he specced for. I thought... I thought as you lose points in your ability score, it stages too. Like it's not just yeah. when you get to zero. You're I like, mean, there's, oh, I'm there's certain there's certain RP notes of how you might role play a charisma of five, but as far as like like this guy having any statistical change or having a a change in his uh, well, isn't there ability, a role, uh, isn't there an RP aspect to this guy in the sense that he was like comforting these people right and telling them like i know the answer and now all of a sudden he's like got a charisma of five and looking like a monster oh yeah it's he's not uh it's not doing him any favors as far as uh winning over this crowd is concerned but as far as his ability to murder vipera his charisma of five it wouldn't be any different than if it was a one uh but anyway let's uh Let's get to uh, how much. How much? So, how much damage is normal damage for that claw attack? Uh, six damage. I mean, that's still that's almost as much as one of your sneak attacks. Yeah. <laughs> and as Viper is like swiping away, she goes, "This isn't Garrett. I need you all to snap out of it. Somebody is going to die." And like, you know, uh, already knowing that truth, of course, like she's using a lie to kind of. Uh, please, like, <laughs> make sure I don't die at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, here we go. Claw number two, here it goes. Okay. Dang. Uh, 20 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Three damage. Okay. He's still up, but Vipir, you have really wailed on this guy for being all by yourself uh, and having <laughs> no flank buddies. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that's a nice consolation for you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now it's Garrett's wow. turn again. Uh, he he winds back for some more slams. That's a 15 to hit. Does not hit. Oh, I could survive this. And that's a 23 to hit. That hits. You take five more points of damage. Oh, still up. Oh. So at this point... Uter and Father Crow have arrived on the scene. Father Crow, you are still a, a move action away from uh, the action, but you see Vipira claws out, tearing into this ghostly-looking guy who himself is uh, quite clawed up, uh, but Vipira doesn't look too good either. And there's a huge crowd of people around them kind of going... Garrett, what are you doing? She doesn't mean any harm. And someone else is like, Vipira, stop. He's supposed to be helping us. And it's just utter confusion. All right. Well, Father Crow's going to use his move action to move up to Vipira. Well, okay. I'm going to move up so I'm flanking with Vipira. Okay. And 
I'm gonna crack this dude in the back of the head with my mace. Oh my god. Oh, very nice. 23 to hit. That'll hit. Three damage. So you give him a good whack in the back of his head, but you actually don't really feel like any of that damage made it through. Thalias, you're still booking it back to the town square. Uhtred, it is your turn. You can close in on the action with a move action. But you yeah. see the same scene that Father Crow did. I'll close in. Uhtred's gonna move up and he's gonna say, Everybody stand down now! What is the meaning of this? And he's going to instinctually reach to his left side to grasp the handle of Kirkus Valo. And when he doesn't feel the normal embrace of hand on hilt he's going to actually look away from Garrett down at his sword and I'll take a penalty on this for that if you want but I wanted to try and intimidate Ooh, with a, a mean mug in 26 Ooh. Uh, it's a 20, 24 after the uh, minus oh. 2 yeah and then uh, also yeah. if you want a penalty for me losing my uh, stare down yeah even if I gave you another minus two that was still uh, that was still a very good intimidate check so Vipira's intimidate check was kind of directed at Garrod your uh, Uhtred's intimidate was kind of at the crowd at large and so Uhtred certainly gets everybody's attention it, it's much less chaotic now like everybody like there's still a fight going on everybody's still concerned about that but there's it's not just like shouting chaos anymore and uh the duration of garrod's uh demoralize has increased and that would have been Uhtred's standard action that's nice uh to intimidate yeah okay all right so that brings us to vipira who now has a flank buddy yeah claw claw uh 14 to hit 14 will not hit uh going at it one more time 15 to hit. 15 will also not hit. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, Vipira says to Uhtred, This isn't Garrett. Please, he's going to kill me. I, I need you. And, like, swallowing a whole bunch of pride. Like, you <laughs> see, like, so much blood, like, dripping down her. Garrett grins and he says, that's the first true thing you've said since I met you. And he swings back for two more slams on Vipira. That's a 13 to hit. Does not. And a 21 to hit. Oh, that hits. You take four points of damage. Okay. She falls flat. So Unconscious. Okay. How, how negative are you? Uh, negative three. Oh, oh, you were at one health. Oh, damn. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was playing with fire there. Okay, it is now Father Crow's turn. You are no longer flanking. As Garrett turns to notice me, Crow's going to try and take another swing with that mace, hoping he's distracted. Okay. Ugh, 16 to hit. 16 will hit. Yeah, it's another three damage. Ugh. Your mace just kind of slides off his oddly rubbery skin. Okay, at this point, Thalias, uh, you have come upon the scene... Uh, you see Vipira uh, bloody and unconscious at the feet of this strange-looking specter of a man uh, who Father Crow is trying to take a whack at. You can close in with a move action. Target acquired. Move action. Engage. Let's go. 
I can attack now, right? Yeah. 24. 24 will hit. Eight damage. Okay. Uh, you feel a good amount of your shovel blow get absorbed by maybe uh, some sort of damage. By his rubber skin, huh? Yeah. You did still uh, damage him. It's not as much as... I think we need something pokey or slashy. So Thalias comes charging up, and he smacks Garrett with his shovel. And Garrett whips around to to see this new combatant, and he sees Thalias, and his eyes fall to Thalias's breastplate, and he and his eyes widen, and he says, "No, no, Roslar, we we I, we couldn't. I'm I'm sorry, Roslar. No, you you did this. You made me like this." How could you do this to me? I can't stand it! He seemed to have some sort of visceral reaction to seeing Thalias' breastplate. Uh, and it is now Uhtred's turn. How's this guy look? He looks like he's gotten beat up pretty good. But it's like he got some sort of second wind upon seeing uh, Thalias' breastplate. Okay, I'm going to use a swift action to spend an arcana point to make my dagger a plus one. Okay. And, uh... I'm going to pick up where Viper left off with natural 20s. So that's actually a 16 to hit with the plus one. Oh, and uh, plus two from flanking. So 18. 18, 18 will hit. And that'll be uh, four damage. Okay. I've got a question for you, though. Are you piercing or slashing with your dagger? I am slashing. Okay. Then that slash is enough to finish him off. nice and like (sighs) almost almost like a like a soap bubble filled with smoke his his form just kind of disappears and the essence within just spills out into the sky is that what happens to these people when they die is (laughs) is this just him well they go to the greater boneyard whatever this was uh garrett uh, the creature that claimed to be Garrod seemed to be different than the rest of the citizens of okay. Roslar's coffer. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to run a scientific experiment to see if that's true, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. as long as I think that he's somehow different. Nice. Okay. And uh, it's Viperus' turn now, and I need a constitution check to stabilize. Ooh, 20. Okay. Uh, Viperus stabilizes and is no longer dying. And she made that look easy. With that, we will leave the combat and we're going to pick it up here next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.